0: Welcome to the Thriving Solopreneur Show, where you learn the stories and systems that have turned hardworking, self-employed business owners like yourself into highly successful, leisurely entrepreneurs. This show is dedicated to those who went into business for themselves because they had an idea or suggestion that ignited their passions to do more, to do it better, and to solve a problem in our community. Whether your business started in a basement, a garage, or at a kitchen table, this episode will bring to you a system, a tip, or an entrepreneur that has been where you are and can guide you to living the fulfilling life you desire for yourself. Here's your host and serial solopreneur, Janine Bolin.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of The Thriving Solopreneur Show. I am your host, Janine Bolin, and with me today, epic, epic person. I have Sabrina Walker-Hernandez, who is the president and CEO of a non- profit, and it's called Supporting World Hope. She is a wonderful business owner in the sense that she is a nonprofit specialist. So I may have said that backwards, but she'll correct me. We'll get over that. But for her, over the past 25 years, she has so much experience in the nonprofit sector, sector, such as fundraising and leadership. She provides consulting and coaching services. She helps people build development programs and manage those capital campaigns, as well as gift fundraising board development, marketing, fundraising efforts on an annual basis, not to mention the ever-important public relations. Sabrina has a reputation for transformational leadership not only with the staff but also keeping the staff on mission alignment and how to go about expanding the programming you already have while building those ever important community partnerships. Prior to starting her own group, supporting World Hope, Sabrina served as a chief executive officer for the Boys and Girls Club of Edinburgh, RGV. Among her successes is the fact that she increased their operating revenue from 750,000 to 2.5 million. She completed a $12 million comprehensive capital campaign and established a $500,000 endowment, along with having 180 days in capital cash- reserves in the third poorest county in the United States. So this is a CEO that you might want to sit up and take notice of. She has the chutzpah to be able to build you and help you go where you want to go according to your nonprofit sector. So you may say, well, Jenny and I'm part of part of the thriving solopreneur. You know, I I really don't have people that are just throwing money our way. Guess what? It's all about relationships and Sabrina's here to talk to you about this whole thing called relationship marketing. Sabrina, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for
2: having me. I'm so excited to be here to talk about this. One of the first things I'm going to say is, you know, with the nonprofit world, um, people hear nonprofit and they immediately take off their business hat. Well, let me just say this because I have your audience and I know it's vast and the more I can say this, the better it would be. Nonprofit is just a tax designation. It is not the business model. It is still a business. And business works on building relationships. That's what it's all about, whether you are a for profit or a non profit. And I tell people all the time the only difference between a for profit and a non profit is where does your proceeds or your profit go. If you're a for-profit, it goes back to, you know, the stakeholders or the business owner. If you're a nonprofit, it goes back to services for the client. So the whole goal is to still have a profit. It is just how are you going to repurpose that, prop- that profit?
1: Well said. I think that needed to be said because it's ever so important because I have done coaching for profit Corporations, I've done coaching for nonprofit. And when I walk into the nonprofit sector, the first thing I do is I have a raise of hands. I'll turn to the staff and go, How many of you have issues regarding money and making it? And 80% of the room raises their hand and I'm like, you need to be in someplace other than where you are because you are in a business and if you're not making money, you cannot serve, you You cannot cannot do what the mission is with this. And so talk to us a little bit about, you know, you have a heart and a lot of solopreneurs. This is their why, you know, the reason they even got into business was because they had a passionate drive to do something. So talk a little bit, if you don't mind about sometimes the disconnect, the road that sometimes they get into speed bumps, and they trip themselves up, because they're so focused on serving, and then they forget they need to make a profit. Otherwise, you can't keep in business. So you want to talk a little bit about some of the things you've been able to help people with? Yeah, you
2: You know, it's just like I said, it's just it's a business model. You know, if you are a for profit company, and I tell nonprofits all the time, if you are a for profit company, the one thing that they do that really trips them up is they are always trying to get new Uh, let's say new investors, which would be their donors. Um, They are not really uh, into stewarding the current donors that they have. And so just think about this, um, let's put that business hat on. If you were always chasing new clients, instead of ensuring that the clients that you have are satisfied and getting repeat customers, people will look at you a little bit strange because that's what you do in business. You want your customers customers to come to your store or your cafe or whatever it is, you know, buy your product again and again and again. And sometimes nonprofits don't think about it that way when they're dealing with their donors, they will, get a donor, right? And they'll get that one-time gift. And then they won't send a thank you. They won't engage that donor. They won't uh, steward that donor or recognize them. And then they'll go out and they'll do it all over again. That's costing them a lot of money. Um, and instead of just, and instead of focusing on your customer, with your customer is your donor and making sure that donor or that customer has a great customer experience. So then you don't have to go out and do cold calls and rebuild relationships year after year after year. The whole goal is to get them in to steward them, to share the impact, and have them be not just one-time customers or donors, to be re- repeat customers or donors. It's the same principles that you apply to business, and that's why I say it's no separation of the two. And I really—that's uh, part of my part of my mantra—that a nonprofit is a business and should be run as such.
1: And I, I love the fact that you and I are in this sector because see, I'm a, the, what I do for my primary job is I help people with debt-free living. And one of those elements is philanthropy. I'm like, oh, if, if you want more money in your life, you've got to give it away. You have to be able to give it away to a quality program. And so I have a soft spot in my heart for philanthropy. And one of the things that always cracks me up is I have places that I go that I donate to every year and I am a raging fan. And that's what I tell people, you want people donating to you and this also means for our solopreneurs for people you want people buying from you year after year why because they're raging fans of what you do they may not like everything that you do but they still support you because they want you to continue to create or build or have that next product or feature so Okay. Now that we have that foundation laid of, hello, there's no difference whether you're nonprofit or for-profit, you're still a business owner. You're still a steward of the resources under your domain. Okay. And there is an impact you want to give to your community. And so let's talk a little bit about this new thing coming out. And it's actually a very old thing, but it's been rebranded, reworked, this relationship marketing. And you and I both have very similar viewpoints on the fact look, it's all about relationships, period. But let's tear apart this relationship marketing and talk to us a little bit about your perspective on that and what you think of relationship marketing.
2: Well, I always say that relationship building and relationship marketing is kind of like my superpower. I'm I'm good at it. And I even have this concept around it and it's called build. And when I talk about it, I, for me, the build is, the strategy one is brand yourself. You know, a good business reputation goes hand in hand with maintaining a good relationship, period. A business will have a difficult time connecting with other businesses if they have a bad reputation. We, we already know, we know that. And so when you are networking and you're out there, you automatically become the face of your company and your brand. And you're effectively, you know, representing your company, and so you want to make a good, favorable, good impression. And so when you're doing that, you want to make sure that when you're branding yourself, you want to make sure that you're building trust. Um, one of the things I say is you're showing interest in others. You don't want it always to be about me, 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 me. Um, you are, you know, you want people to say. You know, you work hard. People want to invest in someone who provides results. So you want to produce results. You want to focus on giving, right? When you're building that relationship, again, it's not just about me, me, me. Sometimes you have to come to the table with something that will benefit others. And when people think of you, they think of, oh, yeah, she helped me with that without even, you know, having a question around it. Um, the other thing that I say, when you're building a brand is you want to make sure that you are consistent. And I think that, that, that throws people a lot when I talk about consistency, but when I think of consistency is more around treating everyone the same. And so you don't want to be that person. You, and we all know those people. You don't want to be that person that, um, for a lack of a better word cat, uh, categorize people that say oh that person is the owner of such and such and you are di- totally nice to them or you know you're just falling all over them and then you move down the row and you meet you you meet someone else at the same mixer or at the same event and you you do a little aloofness because you feel like well they they can't they can't provide me with anything. Um, and so I say, treat everybody the same. And the other one, that, uh, other things around branding yourself is being reliable. Um, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Um, and oftentimes I say, over deliver on what you say you're going to do, because that will help solidify your brand. And one of the big ones too is just. Failing, you know, admit your mistakes. If you made a mistake, just say, I made a mistake. The best phrase that my former boss ever taught me was, um, you know, I I apologize, I, not, not I apologize, but yes, I own up to it. I made that mistake. Um, thank you for for letting me know. And from this point on, it will not happen again. But own up to it and recognize that you did make a mistake and then put every measure in place not to do it. Again, people people appreciate that. You're human, you're going to make mistakes, but the whole goal is to to move forward and try not to do it again, at least with the same person is what I say. And then, you know, surrounding yourself with uh, people that you trust. Don't surround yourself with untrustworthy people. Make sure that you remember what your mama said, that you are judged by the company that you keep. So if uh, my mom used to say and I'm sure everybody mama used to say this, if uh, you know I see your friends and I know who you are, so make sure you you surround yourself with uh, people that are trustworthy and those that's kind of like my strategy number one in the build process is brand yourself.
1: Well, thank you so much because this really does lead into where I wanted to take you and your expert expertise and your superpower and that was when you treat everyone the same uh, so a little piece of advice I'd like to give to folks is if you're getting ready to hire somebody I would always take them out to eat and what I was looking for was how do they treat me versus how do they treat the waitress or the waiter and that was one of my key things if they treated the waiter or the waitress in any way different than they treated me I could not have them on my staff because Because I used to be a waitress. I am now a very successful businesswoman and financially secure only because I worked as a waitress. I know how to treat people. And so I love that you said that. So I wanted to share that part of how do people treat others around them? And let's talk a little bit about this. When you're human and you make a mistake, yes. when you're human you make you you make a mistake. Own up to it. I I'm very quick to let people know I'm in exceedingly human, and um, this is why I hire people around me who are big obsessive to detail type people yes. because I have a tendency to be a visionary, and so <laughs> I'm a forest the details, person, not a tree person. Yeah, <laughs> right. I'm very much a forest person. I want to make sure we <laughs> tend the forest, and I let other people worry about each individual tree. However, however, I care about each tree because I know each tree needs to be. part of the force so you know that's kind of but that is wonderful please listen to what sabrina has to say about oh i made that mistake it won't happen again Moving on. It puts you in a great place. You can move on. You're open, you're receptive, you're willing. And then, of course, put systems in place where it doesn't happen again. However, uh, for the third thing, though, let's talk about you were talking about friends and, and who you surround yourself with. Let's talk a little bit about this relationship management that we are involved in as business owners. Let's talk about the quality of the people that we attract, what kind of clients do we wanna work with? And this is just as important. Don't be so desperate that you'll take on any client. Let's talk about the client that tried to become one of yours uh, over this uh, last week and you were telling me about her and uh, and we're not busting on her because we're grateful for her because she is giving us this beautiful opportunity exactly to define what we don't want. So if you don't mind, share that story with us.
2: Yeah, you know, you get, you get clients And, and I want, I, it's very nice to be in a position to, um, say, you know, I don't want to deal with that. That's not the energy that I want to bring into my, into my circle. And at some point, whether you are on a, a trajectory to make a certain amount or do a certain, you know, bring in a certain amount of revenue, you still need to make those decisions. And so I had a potential client reach out to me this weekend, um, and, uh, you know, the energy was kind of, how do you say it, all over the place, right? And I got I kept getting texts and, you know, and I was like, okay, I'll respond to you, it's on my list, I'm very, you know, very direct, I'm, it's on my list, I'll respond to you by Monday, no problem. Kept getting texts and I was like, okay. So um, finally I said, it's the weekend. <laughs> you know, I'll respond to you uh, by Monday. And it was like, okay, okay, okay. So then, you know, Monday gets around and I, and I send them the information and then I started getting these bombarded with all of these questions, which I don't mind answering questions, you know, that's fine. But it was repeat questions of what I had already sent. And it almost seemed like they were trying to get me to change my price structure or throw in something or the energy was just off. And I sat there and I thought, oh my God, I hope she does not decide to move forward with me. Like, I don't want this person as a client. And I have to be able to say that, you know, And if they decide they want to move forward with me, I'm I'm 99.9% sure I'm going to say at this time I'm booked and, and I don't, I cannot take you on as a client because I have a choice. You know, I started this business. Supporting World Hope, you know, after I was diagnosed with two, not one cancer, but two cancers, and those cancers were bought on by stress. And I created this business, one, to help create an environment for me that was less stressful, and two, to support other nonprofit CEOs who were going through the stress of things and have like a resource library and be able to coach them and all that things. So why would I create an environment for myself that will be stressful by taking on a client who does not have my my best interests at heart and nor should they, but I should have my best interests at heart. And so I'm going to exercise that. (laughs)
1: And and I think it all comes back to be confident in who you are and what you're offering. And if somebody needs to be handheld, is that the business model that you really want? Or do you want the person who, when you are giving yourself as authentically as you know how, and they will not respect your boundaries, such as I would never text a fellow business owner over the weekend unless I wanted to uh, build on our relationship as friends, because uh, I find it very difficult well, sometimes my clients become my friends, and even though they're no longer uh, accepting my services or they're not paying for my services, I still stay in touch with them and I might text them over the weekend, hey, how you doing, how's, how's right. life, right? But I wouldn't uh, go to them or someone like yourself on a business question unless it was Monday morning. So this is something that has caused me actually to get two phones. Because I had so many people that had my cell phone, that became my business phone. And I don't look at that phone unless it is 9 a.m. on Monday morning through 5 p.m. Definitely. That's my time. That's my time. My mountain, t- my zone. All right. I'm in the mountain time zone. <laughs> and so I don't care if people start work at 9am on the Eastern time zone, I have not sat down at my desk yet. I won't force them to move past that. So talk to us a little bit about setting up those. Some people call them boundaries. Mm-hmm. I don't call them boundaries. I call it self care, you know, yeah, <laughs> as, yeah, as, is. A solopreneur, <laughs> as a solopreneur or an executive of a big corporation. You have to really care for yourself because you're you're leading. You're out front. So if you don't mind, share with us some of the things you've learned through your own life experience, because you've dealt with stress at a very high level Mm -hmm. and you came out of that stronger than ever. And so share with us some of those tips that you made for yourself. You know, I'm going to share the tips that are
2: going to make the type A personalities roll their eyes because trust me, I was there. And so I want to acknowledge that, but it is a tip and it is not only a tip. It is the truth. You have to take care of yourself. You have to make time for yourself. You know, I would get up in the morning and I would get to work by, you know, 9 a.m., which doesn't seem early for a lot of people, but I would stay till 9, 10 o'clock at night, every night almost, and it's just not healthy. And you have to be able to disconnect. You need to set some boundaries around what time you're going to leave, what time you're going to stop working. Even in, even in start, starting my own company and being a solopreneur, I had to actually examine myself because at some point I was creating the same atmosphere, uh, the same environment that I was creating when I got up and went to an office, went to go work in a, as a CEO in, a, in, a, in a, a nonprofit organization. I started out putting those same types of pressures on myself in my solopreneurship. And you have to, you got to self-analyze and ask, why are you creating these dynamics? What what is driving you to create these dynamics and make sure that you know yourself, one, and know your strengths and weaknesses. And if you recognize that, you know, I'm just type A and I like to get things done, that's what I am. You, You have to set hard boundaries for yourself and you have to hold yourself accountable before you can hold a client accountable. Um, Now holding the client accountable, I do have a welcome packet that I clearly tell them my office hours are from, you know, eight to five Monday through Friday um, and set up those communications and automate those communications so that they understand that. And if they reach out to me via text, you know, lesson learned this weekend, I'm probably going to respond with um, you can reach me in the office on Monday from this time to this time instead of like, let me answer the question really quick and be nice. You know, that's what I'm thinking. Um, That probably is not going to be the best strategy to go with. I I need to have that standard response of I'll, you know, I, although I was saying I'll respond to you by Monday, I was still answering the question that they had. And what I should have just said is, you know by monday you'll have the full information and and not engaged in any other way
1: And that's one of those beautiful things of lessons learned, right? We, we all make those sorts of mistakes as we're walking our entrepreneurial journey, no matter what it is. And, and it takes time to hammer these things out, but please learn from people like Sabrina, who really do know what they're they're talking about, because she and I are what we call recovering type A personalities. Mm -hmm. We still have that type A, I still work 12 to 15 hour days. However, there are hours and hours in that day that are just for me that I didn't used to take it was I was working so I still have that same engagement but I've taken better care of myself so let's talk a little bit about in in the attitude of self-care really taking care of who you choose to engage with not only as clients but vendors. that yeah. sort of thing. Talk to us a little bit about that because that is your superpower.
2: Oh yes, I love I love engaging with people and I love building those relationships. so that's actually the you and build And I actually call that you know my strategy too which is unleash your potential. So again, we're all busy people. we always say that we, we are busy. you know everybody in our lives are busy but we should make time to build those relationships. And I tell people to look at, you know, identifying 25 people that they can help, that will help you move your business forward. You know, so really look at those people that will help you move your business forward, that you jive with very well, and then block off some time in on your calendar to reach out to them, whether they are vendors, whether they are, you know, suppliers, whether they're clients, whether they're staff. Two, because you have to invest time into staff, you know, and just set up some time where you talk to them. And when I say 25, people get, oh my God, 25. But then I say, look, anything that you do, break it down. And so then I say, if you do 20, 25, right, because the math is just off, is 20, um, you do, you know, five a quarter. That means you're going to connect with five people in a quarter. As four quarters in a year, and so that will get you to your twenty. So you just break it down and make it manageable, and you make it, you know, measurable and manageable, and that's going to help you move your, you know, business forward. And it could be, you know, connecting with them with a, a, a email, picking up the. I love picking up the phone. I, I think that technology sometimes um, hinders the relationship building. Um, but I love to pick up the phone and just do that unexpected call to say, hey, my mind got on you and I'm just checking in with you and, you know, seeing how life is going, seeing how things are going and, and going and, and, you know, doing those kinds of things. I make those calls almost weekly. Like I'm just checking in on you, um, just seeing how things are going because you don't want to be calling people when you need something. You want to have a relationship where, or when they see your name flash up on the phone, they don't like, oh God, what do they need? You know, <laughs> I don't want to be that person. Um, So you want to be that person where it is like unexpected. You know, when I call it, it could be anything. It could be just checking on you. It could be, I need something or, you know, can I get some advice from you? What I, that's the other thing that I've learned that Where advice is given, money will soon follow. People love to give their advice. And I quite often call people to say, Hey, I'm wrestling through this issue. Um, I know you have a background in that. How would you recommend that I handle this? That's a part of building a relationship because people love to give their advice. And so that's why I call Unleash Your Potential 20 people, 20 people. That's, you know, four. That's five per quarter and and invest in the people. The other thing is not just gonna move your business forward, but also invest in the people that have invested in you. I I don't want to fail to say that, you know, vendors that have worked with you, um, you know, when I was in my organization is, and it's simple things like just changing the schedule of when something is delivered, you know, Hey, can you do me a favor can we can you adjust the scheduling because of this or this vendors who are willing to work with you on that? Um, staff members that are willing to come in and help you with the project suppliers that says you know what we had an extra pair of whatever and we thought to give it to you Um, those are the people that you want to invest your time is time in because again we're all busy and so you have to you have you have a finite amount of time and who you invest that time in should be people that can move your business forward and should be people that see potential in you and, and have invested in you in some way.
1: Thank you, Sabrina. I knew you'd be able to talk to us in a beautifully practical way on how you go about doing that. And one of the things that I wanted to share is that when it comes to asking for advice, if you are asking someone for their advice that is in their bailiwick, always offer to pay them. Nine times out of ten, they will Perfect. decline, right? And that's one of the things Sabrina and I probably do it uh, just out of habit. We're like, hey, and I'll be glad to pay you because I know this is in your bailiwick. And is people are like, Janine, if it's one question and the phone call is under, 15 minutes. I have no problem. And I like Sabrina, she and I are very clear about what the problem is. This is our current challenge. This is what do need? What do you got? You know, yeah. <laughs> and I have had people waive their 400, 500, $700 fees because I only asked one question and then I would refer people to them. So talk right. to us a little bit about, okay, so I have a needy client, like your sweet person that contacted you this weekend, right? Thank goodness she did. She gave us something to talk about today. Hi. Thank you. Right. You know, we love those people. And so it's like, okay, so I don't want this person. This is why a referral network is so important because I have people that charge less than I do. They're just getting started. They don't mind the needy people because they're just trying to get cash flow going. Talk to us a little bit about building those referral partners.
2: Yes, um, that is critical in this process of having those referral partners, but you also want to have referral partners that you have, you know, built a relationship with. At the end of the day, you don't want to refer someone, refer to someone that you, you don't know, or you haven't built a relationship with, because you still at the end, you want to help someone, right? Whether you're the right fit or not. And so I always say, take the time to get to know those that are in the same industry as you. And you know, I'm always surprised when people have that a different mentality around that, they see others as competitors. And I don't necessarily um, look at it like that. I see everybody has, we might be in the same industry or even talking about the same thing. Like I do fundraising, consulting and, and coaching, but I bring people to the stage to my stage all the time that that do that does what i do because of that we there's many people out here that do the same thing that we all do but everybody brings their a different perspective to the table, and so sometimes their their experience or their perspective might work better for a client, or the situation they're in. Like you said, you know, might, they might be just starting out and they are willing to take on that client, and they have time to do the whole hand, you know, hand holding that you may not um, do. But I will caution, I don't refer unless I have a relationship. With you, because again, it's about branding myself, and I want to make sure that I surround myself with people of quality and that are trustworthy. Because the moment I refer someone and it goes bad, remember it's about surrounding yourself with people that are trustworthy, and so I really vet those relationships, and I have to really feel comfortable referring someone um, over. So that's kind of my my take on those referral processes.
1: And thank you, because my business is almost always referral. People know me, trust me. I, I'm dealing with folks' money. I'm, I'm guiding them into a debt-free living lifestyle. They, you know, they're not just going to hand off anybody to that. So anyhow, well, help us out here as we close out our time together. Anything else you care to share with us that we haven't yet covered? I mean, you have such a wealth of information between your ears. Help us <laughs> out with what, what would you like to share with us today?
2: You know, I'm just going to briefly go into strategy. strategy. G three because you know I came up with this whole build and I only told you to be in the U. so I'm going to tell you what the I is without going into detail and the L and the D and you won't need details. (laughs) But it's the I is inspire those around you. So we all know that um, you know you want to make sure that when people reach out for help that you're helping that you're being inspirational and the D is discover their story. Learn about your your the people that you're building a relationship with. It is is critical to learn their story, to learn what they're about, and you want to learn what they're about even beyond the work environment. You want to learn about their hobbies and their families without seeming to be nosy, but you're trying to really establish a genuine relationship with with people. Um, and so, and I kind of went out of order, but I forgot the L. And the L is really leverage your connections. Um, so you know i'll leave it with this john maxwell says your network is your net worth and so leveraging your connections is critical
1: and there you go ladies and gentlemen that is sabrina walker hernandez coming live from edinburgh Texas, and she is the CEO of Supporting World Hope. She specializes in nonprofit organizations, helps them with their capital campaigns, as well as their endowment funds, and assists them with their revenue processes, their operating revenue, increasing it, as well as decreasing their expenses. So definitely somebody, if you have a passion and you wanna build a nonprofit, this is the lady you go to. Thank you so much for being with us today, Sabrina. Thank you for having me. And again, don't forget to go out there and build those relationships. And that is the key. This is Janine Bolin with this episode of The Thriving Solopreneur. I do hope that you learned a few gold nuggets. Just remember, while you're digging for those gold nuggets, don't forget to keep that eye fixed on your stars that guide you each day. Have a great one.
0: Thank you for listening to The Thriving Solopreneur Show. We hope you found this episode helpful and uplifting. Be sure to visit us at janinebullin.com forward slash podcast, where you'll find a library of videos, books, and podcast programs to guide you to the future you envision for yourself. We also ask that you visit our sponsor, the 8 for the books and online courses that share with you the debt-free living lifestyle that allows business owners like yourself to flourish. Have a great day and see you next time.